this is the K-pop cast, and this is an episode from the K-pop cast dungeon. It's an episode we recorded two years ago. <laughs> at this point, it was a ten-year-ish look back at the year 2012. So, if some of the references sound a little dated, that's because we recorded this episode two years ago. Um, but with that, enjoy the show. Is love it's the only way? This is the K-Pop Cast, and I'm your K-Pop DJ, DJ Peter Lowe. Today, we've got another Hit Rewind special. That's right. This time, we're taking a look at the year 2012, and what a great year it was. We'll discuss our faves and then debate which song remains the most iconic song for 2012, as seen through the lens of 2020. And this episode, we're welcoming the host from Believe in K-Pop and In My Feels, the podcast. It's Emily Heidel. Welcome, Emily. I got your name right this time. You did. You did. Thank you for having me. I am so honored to be a part of this. I know you know this, Peter, but and I think I might have tweeted this out a couple of times, but the K-pop cast was the first podcast that was a K-pop related podcast that I'd ever listened to. And it was because, what? yes, because I started working at Choice Music, which is a K-pop store in LA. And I went in knowing like just about BTS and I knew who GOT7 were and I knew like, I knew the names, but I didn't know anything about them. And mm. so after the first day, I was like, holy mess, I don't know anything. And I told my manager like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to research as much as possible. And I just pulled up podcast and I typed in K-pop podcast yes. and K-pop cast came up and I was like they clearly know what they're talking about because that was a very clever name uh, so then I listened to all of y'all's episodes and so you guys have educated me so much so I'm very honored and happy to oh, wow. I'm so touched yeah I'm, I'm, I'm shocked and big ups to Peter's SEO skills oh, getting well, us on that see. front page oh yeah oh is that <laughs> wow I need to take part that's all Peter ah, okay. marketing PR professional applause yeah applause. yeah and Emily I, I hear that you're a fan of the year of 2012 in particular in K-pop just like you're a fan of the local Bay Area SF Giants uh, that's a negative um, <laughs> a negative I will say yes um, I just want to say that I know this, the Giants have to be very happy that their season is delayed right now because <laughs> they were probably the worst baseball team oh. or the, for 2020 they would have been the worst baseball team because of what their stuff they had going on. anyway so go Dodgers but LA um, represent LA represent but I will say that I, I did get into K-pop into twenty like in 2018 and I knew what K-pop was in 2012 and I told you this Peter I was like I want to challenge myself and try to you know get to know older groups so please don't crucify me if I get something wrong but I'm again happy to talk about this year's but I'm not a fan of the Giants anyway, continue <laughs> put, put that on the record yeah. just wanted to yeah. put, put <laughs> a sting uh, against the, the Dodgers uh-huh. fan Dodgers representative here okay. uh, but we're not it's not just stuff Stephanie and Emily and Pilo on this episode. We've got another very special guest, a very special plus one on this episode. All right. Uh, this is where you jump in, Amr. Come Woo. on. Thanks thanks for letting me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. K-Pop Cast was also my very first podcast. And the very first song I ever heard, the very first K-Pop song that I knew was K-Pop, was when Stephanie shared Boom Ya with me from Blackpink <laughs> in summer, I want to say summer 2017. And I've been hooked ever since. So this is really exciting. Yes, Blackpink in your area. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy to have you on, Amr. And <laughs> I, he, he's now entering uh, one of the later stages of K-pop infection that I have. 
<laughs> Wait, what's I, the later? What's the later stage? What does that mean? Late, he's in like stage four K-pop oh. infection. <laughs> this is where Stephanie's playing the videos that have the Korean and the English, and then we're trying to karaoke the Korean so I can learn how to oh. read it. Yeah, exactly. Wow, it's like that, y'all. That is pretty far in. That's that's date night. Oh, that's a fun date night sure. idea. Um, I was wondering, actually, Armor, <laughs> because you got into it like 2017, 2018, like, and now you're going back to 2012, like. Did you, Stephanie, have you like educated him on like, you know, second generation stuff? Or is it kind of just like by happenstance, you're like, okay, like I love G-Dragon kind of thing. Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. But I think Stephanie's done a lot of education. I know way more about nice. K-pop than I ever <laughs> thought I would ever know about any subject. What a blessing. <laughs> yes, I love it. Uh, I can't Not help yet, it. though. Still <laughs> plenty of room right. to Right. Still a lot so to much, learn. A so much left to learn. To learn. I still Young know grasshopper. All right, so enough of that. Let's dive into the hit rewind of 2012. Twenty twelve, guys, my goodness, it will be remembered for numerous awesome Taebok singles and comebacks. Super Taebok. One thing that will stand out in my mind, I was very active with the remix community of that year. So I was working with a lot of grassroots remixers, producers who are putting out content at that time and um, it was another year, yet another year, where we had another contest by a K-pop label to determine the best remix of a song, and it was by JYP. Mm. And the Wonder Girls' song, Like Money, and there was a lot of great remixes that came out that year, made a lot of connections, and mm. got to um, spotlight and meet a lot of great remixers and producers uh, from oh, that wow. community. I didn't know you had that personal experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, very much into all the K-pop remixes. I mean, and, and you mentioned, like, Like Money, I would say, thank goodness there was a remix mix contest because that song really needed it <laughs> yeah yeah damn <laughs> sorry yeah, wonder girls love you i mean i i feel bad they must have put up real money to get that akon collab oh and they yeah did a lot of like i know akon made off like a bandit i'm sure <laughs> got radio play though uh, that made me happy whenever i heard it on the radio i, I was really delighted to you heard it on the radio K-pop. oh yeah it was, it was charting um, really with uh i think another couple songs that year I mean, it didn't make it very high, but like it came on maybe once every three hours or something on the area the top 40 charts. It's funny because all that money went into the like money single, and then there was. Uh, like this, which also came out that year by the Wonder Girls, much lower production value, but that's the song that everyone loves, and mm. that's the song I still play today because people know that dance. It's a great choreography. I didn't really think of 2012 as being the Wonder Girls year, but you, you've convinced me to go look back of, at their stuff. One of their last years. For me, I mean, well, 
Obviously, we have to talk about Gangnam Style. Yes. Right? yes. <laughs> um, that was just, I, I remember when that came out, I was working at Vicky.com at, at the time, oh. the like K-drama watching site. Yeah. Go check it out. Subscribe now. Vicky Pass. <laughs> um, but no, I, I was working at, at Vicky, and I remember all of us staff just crowded around in the lounge area, crowded around like a laptop on YouTube watching just the view count of Gangnam Style go up like crazy and just being just I, confused and happy excited <laughs> like should we celebrate <laughs> I know we're gonna I know we're gonna talk a lot about it but that just was like the song of the year obviously it just like took over everything Psy episode where we just talk about the impact <laughs> and, and cultural dominance that Psy had. But I would like to ca- highlight an exception to that. And her name is Eileen. Eileen. And I, I, during this year, during this year, like when, when everyone thought that Psy would just win and sweep everything, Eileen debuted and beat him on, on music mm. shows. And no it's way. the most iconic songs. Like heaven, and I, I will heaven. show you. Like heaven are, was my jam. Yeah. Oh, heaven is like Noribong classic. Mm. If people are really yep. trying to sing K-pop, they You're always trying try to belt to... it out. You got to do heaven. Oh my gosh, she just commands such power and grace. And, and the she's way also she like dating Jesus in the music video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, Don't right. think too hard about that. But yeah. go back and watch. He's like a hot half Asian Jesus. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We, 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 so, yeah. <laughs> talking about my wife and I were just talking about how he looks like someone we know and uh yeah I feel like once I started to really get into K-pop and started, you know, hearing about these second gen or second gen, early gen, third gen groups, I heard a lot about BAP Mm. and how they, I mean, much like EXO, who had such a long pre-debut process, I feel like BAP also kind of had that with their pre-debut show. Um, And then also some of the members, Zillow, I hope I'm pronouncing them right, Zillow, Zillow, and uh, and. Yongook, they had, you know, their duo song together before their debut. But when Warrior came out, um, I was... Are there any other members besides those two? Oh, are there? Oh, oh. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> those are the only two I ever knew the name no of. No comment. <laughs> but uh, when they did come out with Warrior, I just, the one thing that uh, I think about each time I watch the video and I anticipate is their, like, that choreo move where they, like, they're standing up and then they twist and, like, jump to the ground. Like... And they are like, yes. Oh, I love that. And they're doing like a push up. Yes, yes. Showing off those muscles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, you're referring to one shot. Yeah. Was oh, it one, one shot? shot? Oh, one shot is the push up. I don't know. Oh, 
Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay, no. I'm referring to the one where they're like, I mean, they kind of go into a push-up, but it's like they turn around and they like hit the ground, whatever that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking it's about. It's great. And yes. for, for me, like looking back, 2012 was the year of the bad boy. Okay, not only because Big Bang released one of my favorite tracks ever, Bad Boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was more subdued, but because we saw uh, groups like BAP, Block B, just going rap forward, mm-hmm. like crumping forward, like hard hip hop dances, arms out, muscles out, tattoos, spikes on leather, all of that. It was the the debut of all these bad boy groups, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's my style. So I was just in heaven for twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah, Nali not and um, Nali Yilili Mambo. Oh my gosh, that, what like, does that even mean? <laughs> no comment. But the chord progression for both those songs, it, it was going hard, and uh, as hard as a pristine, polished K-pop boy can go for a gangster mobster concept, um, they they did it well. I, I love those songs. Uh, my introduction to 2012 was G-Dragon, um, and then later uh, Big Bang, and I immediately fell in love with G-Dragon and Big Bang. I love uh, Fantastic Baby. I love Get Your Crayon. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just thought those songs, they just like, there's, yeah, Raise the Roof kind of songs. Really got me. Fran into it. is like so out of left field in, in K-pop. Like he, people think like K-pop Woo. is nonsensical. Then you see something like get your crayon. Like you know, GD just proving that uh, he doesn't need hot girls. He, he can, can be, be the hot girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> he there, fooled it's me. Like there wasn't even any choreo. Like people just go go hard in the in the visual or in the mm-hmm. video. So nonsensical. Especially like I, I think the thing that keeps me up at night about crayon is. <laughs> This is the guy who probably never has to shave in his life, and yet and he you was see shaving. him shaving. It's like, <laughs> yes, what? It's why? <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, it is so good. And there are really good remixes of that song as well, I will say. Actually, Ooh. YG, this year, like 2012, like YG continued their dominance. Um, yes. And I will say partly because they were the label that actually put out all the acapellas of their songs, all the instrumentals mm. of their songs, so that you can, at least for remixers, producers, they could sample that in the isolated stems or elements and make their own custom remixes at a much higher Ooh, I didn't know quality. that. Didn't yeah, know so it made it means that, at least for me as a K-pop DJ, I was playing a hell of a lot more YG songs <laughs> for that year. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs>
Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like speaking of Fantastic Baby, right. I when I first heard that song, or I got introduced to K-pop around that time officially, and I someone whoever introduced it to me also introduced me to Shiny, and I thought for the until Ooh. 2018, I was like, Fantastic Baby's by Shiny, right? And someone looked at me like I was oh, like no. crazy. <laughs> Like, oh, no, it wasn't. But That's um, sacrilegious. Just I know, so I know. But I guess speaking of Shiny, Sherlock is also, you know, an iconic song for the group and you know, I guess that year. Yep. Taman's hair, I will never forget. I, <laughs> Tell us about it. The gender bending of Shiny just, I feel like, really started there. So I, I love that song. And again, going back to the choreo, the stomping across the floor move. Mm-hmm. Never forget that either. Yep. I will say, though, not my favorite song like sonically or like you know listening to it but the concept of it as well the like the spookiness of it yeah I don't know I love it there's a lot to love about 2012 yeah I would say it was the year of the bad boy and also the year of you know sexy ladies oh yeah on the dance floor okay absolutely Absolutely. we cannot forget Sistar Mm -hmm. came back with another hit yeah alone yeah, that, that was super <laughs> sexy. Yeah. Yes, all that leg, the very simple, sexy choreo, the red dresses. And um, we also saw mm, sexy red dresses mm-hmm. in Secret Poison. Yes. <laughs> oh, the hip, oh hip gyrations in Poison. <laughs> so seductive. Yes. Yeah, that, that's one to watch again in, in halftime. Okay. Yeah, so it, that's like bad girls in, the, in their own way. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it was like the very first, we're getting the hints of the sexy movement, mm-hmm. which, which come really pronounced in 2013 and 2014. Mm-hmm. We also had signature hits, like Four Minutes, Volume Up, Sexy Vampire Edition. Love that song. That, that is love, one of their best the vocals. Songs. Yeah. So impressive, the high notes. It was cool for me to see some of the old stuff that Hyorin and CL had done, because mm. I was introduced to their more recent stuff first, so that's what that was cool. Yeah. I like to play this game where I just put a video on from the old days and I ask if he recognizes anybody. Oh. And then he's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> is that, is that Hyodan? Yeah. <laughs> it's endless entertainment for me. Tiara carried on a good follow-on to Raleigh Polly, which was Lovey Dubby or Lovey Dubby. Lovey Dubby. <laughs> and Lehigh, she made her debut. One, two, three, four. And then we didn't hear from her until eight years later. Ugh, so <laughs> underutilized. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Japan, SNSD continue their promotions. And I actually, one of my favorite songs by SNSD is Paparazzi. Um, and that, that mm. goes really well with Big Bang's Off Monster. Forgotten. I will also add. And uh, FX, Function of X, they had Electric Shock. Mm-hmm. Yep. Electric Shock. And speaking of under-realized, under-recognized debuts from 2012, uh, EXID came onto the scene with mm. Who's That Girl in Every Night. And Who's That Girl is such mm. a good song. I don't know why everyone stopped on it. Maybe because they're just And so Every much. Night is such a good song. Both great songs, yeah. 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 But 2012 was also the year that... EXO has entered the chat. They had their debut. Uh, we forget about that, but that was a big signature mm-hmm. moment. That was their Latin, like, Catholic <laughs> chant. Yes, that's, uh, <laughs> that's it. Yes, uh, wind and fire and cosmos. I don't know. Basically. <laughs> yeah. 
they had the the English voice actor give it like this more like J.R. Tolkien feel. Total nonsense. To the uh, <laughs> intro. But we, yeah. we, we, yeah. but we were yeah. bought in anyway. B2B also debuted that year. And I know a lot of people were comparing them to Beast and how in some ways it wasn't yep. the best debut. Mm. But I will say I did like WoW. I'm always going back to the choreo, but I feel like I guess that's what pulls me in. The fancy footwork that they had going on. Also, shout out to that song, Fancy Footwork. I think it came out like that year. But they had that going on. Um, so I think I want to shout out B2B and what they were they were doing. Because even if it was similar to Beast, it definitely was. Or Highlight. It did make a, a splash for a melody out there. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, before we conclude this section, I want to give a shout out to Michaela, who said we should talk about... Jansu's, uh, oh my god, I can't pronounce this. Tarantalegra. Xia Junsu, my fave, my favorite member from Dongbang Shingi. Michaela writes Before Lee Tae Min casually flirted with gender norms, Kim Jansu came out with an explosion of sex. Ooh. Thick. Thick. With three thick. Cues. <laughs> cues. Drag and body oil. Giving Dang. a big middle finger to gender norms. Yo. Nice. Yeah, I went back and watched that. Very impressive. Very sensual. I gotta go games. watch this. I've never seen this before. Really? No. The K-pop education. <laughs> Get to never it. It's also, it's, it's a great <laughs> K- K-pop tongue twister. Tarantelegra in there with Zim Zelabi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense K-pop names. <laughs> I had a quick question. Oh. Yeah. Is this the last year before BTS enters the chat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Good, good point. <laughs> you wanna... K-pop was never the same after this. <laughs> oh uh, just wondering. Yeah, yeah. but you, I, I, I think mentioning BTS here is useful, is appropriate, because you can kind of see the vibe that they, they jumped into. You can see that they're also doing the the sleeveless tank tops, bad boy look that BAP, mm-hmm. Block B yeah. were pioneering, right? BTS hopped on that train and then they evolved on their own mm-hmm. but like yeah this this point in time was special it's easy to measure k-pop history between before bts and after bts mm-hmm. yes <laughs> yeah i think Indeed. one other thing that was interesting is that uh this year i think it was the first year or that i with bap kind of and then definitely with exo where they started doing like theories with like or sorry the universes started to kind of yes. like really pop off and then BTS obviously took it and ran with it but um exactly yeah, that's one of the other things it's a franchise So that's it for a quick recap of the signature sounds and moments of 2012. 
Now, it's time to dive into what songs we each personally liked. In other words, songs that may not have had the most impact or legacy, but allow us to spotlight a special nostalgic feeling or favorite before we debate the best. All right, Emily, what's your favorite? My personal favorite, um, at first I was going to go with I Don't Need a Man by Miss A. Ah, love that. Yeah, but then I was actually just looking through a compilation video of like the best videos from 2012, and Bounce by JJ Project came up, and I was like, oh, my Lanta, I forgot about this song. <laughs> um, we used to play it all the time in Choice, and uh, I think that was the first, first of all, I didn't even realize it. I knew JJ Project was a pre, like a pre-debut thing, but after seeing like their Tomorrow, whatever their installation was two years ago, I was like, oh, this is the kind of music they make. Like Jin Young, it's like ballady. But Bounce was like a complete departure from what I thought like GOT7 could even, or at least those two could touch in that way. And it was also when I first got into K-pop and I was watching like Netflix's like Explain series, they were like, oh, you know, K-pop will kind of genre bend or like put in a bunch of genres in one song kind of thing and I'd, I'd seen it but like never to the degree I feel like as Bounce was you know to what Bounce was it was like a fast sort of hip hop song mixed with like rap and it was just it didn't like when I first heard it I was like this is not a good song but then after a while I was like this is, an, this is a great <laughs> song I loved in the music video how the camera like so cheesy and cornily moves with them as they dance and like do, does mm. certain movements but uh, that song is definitely um, probably my favorite song of 2012 for the music video and just the, how corny it was but I just freaking love it I love that song yeah the music video is hilarious yeah. high school <laughs> yes. cl- classroom antics yes. you know <laughs> yes. super fun and this was the foundation of Got 7 mm-hmm. yep oh that's cool All right, Amr, what was your personal favorite of 2012? My personal favorite, hands down, has to be One of a Kind yes. by G-Dragon. Yes! I'm yes. listening to it in 2020 as a hit replay, like, every week. <laughs> Anytime I want to pump myself up, I play yeah. this song. I just, like, I come, I walk into the house singing it. I love yeah. the part where... He goes like, na chana na nya, na chana na nya. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Stephanie, you've been every K-pop time. education. Man, this is off. not like, even me. <laughs> Yo, I, I just like... The video where he's like popping his wow. shirt and he gets slapped by the Barbie doll. It's just like, I love everything about it. It is a good song. I will confess that it was a very close contender for my personal favorite as well. I love it. Despite all the... I, I don't know, I'll, I'll defer to Stephanie on this one, but problematic uh, appropriation, cultural appropriation. Look, uh, G-Dragon chose to feature little, cute, half-black, half-Korean babies in his video. Yeah. He gets a pass for me. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, that's wow. all it takes. <laughs> that's all it takes, yo. That's funny. Uh, no, I love this song as well. <laughs> okay, then, then I, I don't have to feel guilty liking that song anymore. Yeah. Nope. Stephanie gave me permission. Let, yeah, just melt it all away. Melt the guilt away. Yes, 
Alright, and that being said, Stephanie, <laughs> what is your personal favorite for 2012? So I'm not usually the kind of person who puts a single song on repeat. I'm not like Amr. I'm <laughs> um, usually not that kind of Guilty person. As <laughs> but I will do it for Infinite the Chaser. Yes. Okay. Yes. This song still gets me hyped up to this day in 2020 and back in 2012 when it came out I literally had it on repeat it could not get old I, it couldn't grow on me or I couldn't get used to it because it was like listening the first time all the time <laughs> why, why do you feel like this uh, this song in particular is like doesn't get old for you I think it's something about the the driving beat there's urgency to it there's longing in the song mm. there's some minor key blue note play going on that just really feels like, wow, they're chasing me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, you know, I, I, I also wanted to give it up for, like, an underdog boy band that's not from one of the big three labels. They're from Hulim Entertainment. Like, who'd ev- who had ever heard of them before this year, before this group came out, right? So, um, like, <laughs> last thing I'll say is that our good friend Tamar posted on Twitter that there's an account there search for it called like infinite the chaser every day and all it does is post the same gif the same music video of the chaser every day and i'm like that's i didn't know that i needed this in my life (laughs) but i clearly do (laughs) check that out i remember seeing them perform this live and right when the first note hit the entire crowd in like the san jose state auditorium went wild Uh. it was crazy (laughs) and the same would happen today yes yes and uh, Tamar also wanted to jump in and help us out on this episode. We, so we asked her, like, hey, Tamar, um, we think you might have some thoughts about this song. And so here's what she had to say. Hi, this is Tamar Herman, uh, the chaser number one stan, here to tell you why it's a great song and the best song of 2012 and the best K-pop song, in my opinion, of all time. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a really good song. I hate actually giving my opinion on songs. I think that you need to listen to a song. And I think that this one is an experiential song beyond compare. And it's just fabulous. Just take a listen to it. You'll be drawn in and then you'll listen to it time and time and time again and notice new things that they layered on top of one another to give this super seismic sounding song that at first glance is... You know, it's just captivating, and then you realize that there's so much to it, and it's just perfection. Pilo, what's your personal pick? Orange Caramel's <laughs> lipstick. Guys, this of is K-pop at its best. <laughs> like, honestly, like, you're seeing a very colorful, pastel-flavored version of reality. And it, it is so high production value. Like, from down to the outfits they wear, the campy, self-satirizing uh, 
concept. So campy. The campy outfits, the campy story, the campy song. Like, this song is so goofy. Um, and, like, this is what's so unique. Like, you look for, like, distilled essence of K-pop, it comes in the form of orange caramel. And that phase really started with lipstick. Like, you have to all watch this music video. And I am not a man of egg yo. I, I tend to prefer more of the sexy concepts. Oh, sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't always enjoy Man, K-pop, but when I do, as a listener to the show, you could have yeah, right? me. That's true. Hush, hush, I am hush. not a man of egg yo. But when, if one must, I call BS. If one must enjoy egg yo, it's from orange caramel and the orange caramel egg yo concept that we see in lips in lipstick. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so that's it for our personal favorites. Now, let's move on to discuss which 2012 song forever changed the world of K-pop. All right, Emily, we know you have your opinions. <laughs> but but tell us, what do you think our listeners should vote for as the most iconic, memorable, game-changing song of 2012? So I'm going to need the XOLs to come out strong here. I know y'all are loud and support <laughs> my choice. They are. <laughs> for What is Love by EXO. Okay. Woo! Yes. That song, I, as Stephanie, you were doing it before the show, but that little... Yes. And then also, you just can't forget Peckins and Dio's vocals in it. Obviously, I know EXO is known for their vocals as a whole entire group, but mm-hmm. there's one particular belt where I'm just like oh my god like I want to cry right now um, that song is just everything and like if you need a nostalgic kind of throwback to the 90s like oh my goodness like I could yep. play that for my parents I could play that for my aunts and uncles I could play for people who don't even care for K-pop and they'd be like oh like this just hits me in the heart so I am going to say EXO's What Is Love hands down most game-changing song because obviously after the fact they continued with their amazing vocals and the production level only got better Mm. 
Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Drop the mic. I love you for choosing this song. Like, I was looking back at the, the songs that came out in 2012, and I totally forgot this one existed, but this was my jam back then mm. for precisely the reason you listed. It is 90s R&B gold. I, I played this song, I took it out of the vault, and I immediately started body rolling. Oh, yeah. Un- involuntarily. <laughs> As anyone would, and that's that's a great sign. <clears throat> like yes. if you're trying to rehabilitate, like you know, you have muscles that you just haven't used in a while. You just put this song yeah. on, and like that's a way to like. You're like, Ooh. it's like a slow <laughs> body roll too. <laughs> okay, thank you for that contender, Emily. But Amr, like, what what brings you to the show today? What is your lasting? selection of 2012 so this was a difficult pick for me mostly because i don't know that much 2012 k-pop and because like the song that just looms so large over 2012 was already picked (laughs) so but we were watching one of the awards shows earlier today and i noticed that super junior was doing this dance to sexy free single where like all the lights go out and then their suits start lighting up and they like do the dance with the suits mm-hmm. that light up. And I remember seeing that. I remember it going viral back in the day. And e- even though I had no idea what it was at the time, until I watched that video today, I didn't know that that was a K-pop band and that that was a K-pop awards show and that that was a K-pop <laughs> song. But I remember watching it back in the day and being like, this is so cool. I wonder where this is from, but this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So I will say that that got some really wide reach. Um, so I'm putting I'm I'm putting that out there as like that's one really cool thing that came out of uh, K-pop. Well, that, that year. song also had some really great lyrics. Sexy, as well. free, uh, and single. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. All right, to yeah. Bingo. <laughs> to bingo. Like that. That's bingo. one. Like I, I kind of want to like what do, what do you call it? Like so hand embroidered. Spoken word. And, and like you know <laughs> like you know so and then uh, frame it and then like you know hang it in my living room above the fireplace like oh <laughs> these are like lyrical words that one can all relate to and, and derive empowerment and, and spirituality yes we all know <laughs> yeah. I mean it's, it's it's again total K-pop nonsense but we all know what it means and that's just mm-hmm. the essence I really like that pick thank you yeah, it's a good one <laughs> and, and if our 2011 episode is any indication uh, Suju just might win again I know Elf, <laughs> oh, no. Elf is scary oh, no. oh, the everlasting Everlasting love is indeed everlasting. Stephanie, what's your contender for the most iconic song of 2012? I am throwing my hat in the ring for Big Bang, Fantastic Fantastic Baby. Baby. Yeah. (laughs) Boom shakalaka. Oh my God. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. I want to dance. dance. (laughs) We're all on the video call, like dancing right now. Just at the mention of that song, which came out in 2012, that's eight years ago, people. Yeah. This song could have been released today and would still have us dancing in our seats. Okay. Fantastic Baby is, I I, I looked and it is 
up there. It is like number 24, I think, of the most viewed K-pop songs of all time. And it's one of only two songs, I think, that are from that, that 2012 oldie era. All the rest are from 2016 and more recent than that. So I think just the pure quality of Fantastic Baby, the iconic fashions, G-Dragon with like 20 foot long fruit roll up hair <laughs> and a pinstripe <laughs> like Beetlejuice suit mm-hmm. and a cane as the mm-hmm. thumbnail in the first shot. <laughs> Like it just it just proved that YG was on top of the world. Like Big Bang showed that they could innovate. They didn't care what anybody thought. They were artistic, creative. And I think when Peter, you mentioned the distilled essence of K-pop and how I just keep saying K-pop nonsense, Fantastic (laughs) Baby is it. The lyrics don't mean anything. Boom shakalaka, wow, Fantastic (laughs) Baby, like I want to dance, whatever, who cares? They mean something to me, Stephanie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It means so much to all of us, (laughs) right? But it just like checks off all the all the boxes mm-hmm. on the list of what makes an, an essence of K-pop song. And this is maybe in the top two or three or, or maybe number one of what I would share with non-K-pop fans mm-hmm. to really impress mm-hmm. them yeah. and like show them the essence of, of K-pop. Something from Big Bang, obviously, with Fantastic Baby is... <laughs> Is, is up there and, and, and really above Peter's pick. Oh, whoa. Them's fighting words. <laughs> oh. In terms of oh. representing oh. what fighting K-pop words. is about. Uh, so. But, but putting, putting my, my critiques aside, I, I will agree that Fantastic Baby is one like I will file under like songs of rebellion in, in K-pop. Like it, the, the, the story and the concept of uh, fighting against the man, the system to bring yeah. freedom and liberty to music like that that's one of those songs and oh is that is that what was happening I didn't know <laughs> I didn't catch well, that well you either. can also look at like the other it went that, over my head yeah <laughs> I mean you know seeing visuals of top I'm sure lots of ladies will remember that as well but also um, Sungri just being like shredded by cat ladies um, was also a fun Ooh. sexy moment but that song lots of sexy moments yeah 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 it the Boom Shakalaka and Fantastic Baby, the wow, Fantastic Baby. Um, those are like samples on my like DJ controller here. Like here, like you guys can see. Oh, like, I, I just oh, yeah. on, like one of my buttons, and it and it hit and it says wow, Fantastic Baby. Oh, like, really? I, I like to do that after like performances, like you know, a K-pop group will perform, and then I'll just hit that and like wow, Fantastic Baby. Mm. Everyone likes loves that. It's a safe song, and it's it's definitely banger category that is safe to play in 2020. Banger clanger. Mm-hmm. Wow, fantastic baby. Fantastic, baby. 
so many bangers. Yes. From all right, I, I know. I know. I hinted at Pilo's pick, and we all know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. If you were around, if you were alive on this earth in 2012, you know what Pilo is is going to pick for most impactful song. Let's hear it. So, in a world where <laughs> there are idols perfectly <laughs> sculptured and manicured and crafted to be these like demigods among man by how they look. You've got this like fat guy who suddenly arrives on the scene (laughs) and he's like, you know what? That's cool and all. And like, I appreciate your Gangnam lifestyle, but now I'm here to make fun of it. And Mm. Sai and his song Gangnam Style was actually a very, um, if you really look at it critically, it's a subversive commentary about capitalism <laughs> and, and the Gangnam district of, of, uh, of uh, South Korea. People who are living large and like living these Western fantasies are um, actually quite devoid of real meaning. And that's what Gangnam Style is all about. And what I love about that is like everyone, like everyone appreciates these perfectly crafted idols and you've got this fat guy who's doing this goofy dance come along and like that's something that we can all laugh and appreciate and I loved it before it blew up if I can be that kind of hipster and then I saw it blowing up and at at one point I felt like okay it's great that it's now penetrating western market like could this be the thing could this be what brings uh, K-pop to more mainstream audiences it definitely like helps Andre, a lot of people heard about K-pop through the like WTF factor. Um, <laughs> I like the WTF factor. That's how I heard yeah. about it. Yeah, right. And we need to ask, like, where Amr, where were you as a non-K-pop fan? What was your impression? I can't remember exactly where I was, but I remember, I, I remember that I was with a friend who pulled it up on his laptop and was just like, "Dude, you gotta watch this." And we were just laughing the whole time, <laughs> trying to imitate the dance and like, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I got reintroduced to K-pop later. But I mean, it was the, it was the wow. only K-pop song I heard until Stephanie sent me Boombaya in 2017. That's what brought you nice. Blackpink. So I mean, yes. you can't. I mean, you right. can't deny that kind of reach. Well, yeah, right. It found you. You were in Kansas City, right? Wow. Yes. Yeah, All I was in Kansas City. That's right. <laughs> yep. Really like remote, remote locations. Yeah. I mean, if you dug straight down from Korea, you might end up where I was. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but, like, guys, that, that's a proof point. Like, this is a song that had impact. This is a song that also yes changed the game. Like, uh, there were many people. I think BTS has, has been another wave, but before that, there were many people who like discovered K-pop and learned to appreciate K-pop because they just fell down the hole from there. They're like. Oh, what the hell is this? This is really funny and goofy. And then they're like, well, actually, there's a lot of really fun things going on here. And um, we have Sai Opa to thank for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Opa! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and we also had um, Kiara. She, she did a version. Um, she is from Gangnam. And she, Opa Gangnam she, style! Yeah, she does that really annoying uh, Gangnam accent. I hate it. And again, it's all to the subversive element of like, what is this? Like, is this really, this is really meaningless consumerism. And this is what it means to be like at the top of the pyramid and like, and like quote unquote, like Korean capitalist society. Is this what we mm. want? 
So not not a lot of people go into it that at that level. That I don't think they look at it at that. Yeah,、Everyone、I think you're part the, of the the one percent. Yeah, yeah. And the choreography. <laughs> Who go in that critically? Yeah, it's funny. Even though this is my pick for like most iconic song of K-pop for the year 2020, like there's there's no doubting that it is. And there's a lot of great remixes as well. A lot of great remixes, mashups.、Um, I'm sure I'll weave in a number on this episode. Oh yeah. As a DJ. This is actually one of the songs I am like I forbid myself from ever playing because K-pop fans. Oh <laughs> yeah, she hates this Thank song. You. Thank you. Like I never play this song. Like、Good. I will only play it if it's like a mainlander who's doing something of like a mainland gig where K-pop isn't the focus of the party. Where I'm playing a lot of top forty or something. Then I'll play it then, but otherwise, like yeah, as, as like a gag,、Korean, right? Like oh, haha. Yeah, I think actual Korean K-pop or not even Korean, just just K-pop fans in general, just real K-pop. <laughs> they 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 pretend not to associate with this song. They like to、yeah. pretend like it just didn't exist. But there's no denying it moved us in the better direction for K-pop, in my opinion. Like this is something that、um, really needs to be examined for its cultural commentary. And the gains that we had as a community through its mainstream、yeah. appeal. One hundred, one hundred percent agree on that. I would push back on the idea that a lot of people like started with Gangnam Style and then looked for other K-pop to get into.、Mm. I don't know a single person <laughs> who got into K-pop from Gangnam Style. <laughs> They got in through Fantastic <clears throat> Baby, Boombaya, BTS.、Mm. Stuff that I sent them. No stuff that I sent. Stephanie, like, uh, uh, like if you were to look at like a chart of like reasons why people got into K-pop. Yes, they can like, be traced back to me. You work at YouTube. You part. You you started the wave. That's right. That's, I am like personally in my office planting K-pop、mm. in people's watch next. Yeah, it's, it's on the watch next、yeah. algorithm. Thanks to Stephanie. Like <laughs> BTS. Fantastic baby, Stephanie. <clears throat> like that's the order of influence right there. Yes, <laughs> that's good to know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I never thought、FYI. of Gangnam Style that way, Peter. So like,、mm. I'll buy I'll buy that、uh, critical commentary for a dollar. <laughs> like now I, now I want to go back and watch this watch the video again and listen yeah, to the well, lyrics. Yeah. He, he, he actually says it in a lot of different interviews. I feel like、mm. I, by and large, most of his interviews is just shock of him. Like, oh my god, I can't believe this blew up. I, actually, on that note, for like all the touring that that guy did and all the performances that、mm. he has done, like how did he not lose weight? Like that, that's that's、oh, also、like、a really big question I have. But、um, no, Sai is someone, no body shaming. Okay, sorry, sorry. Sai is someone who does who does command a crowd. Like he knows, like okay, here's how you do a performance live. Here's how you command. Yeah, he's the man. Like the the audience, the crowd into. Getting behind a song, and he does that very powerfully with the choreography and the and the chorus of Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. I would love to take a look and see what kind of teasers they were doing with this song. Like if they had any like teaser、uh, videos or teaser images for for this like his this comeback for him. Like and what that was like. There weren't any.、Um, same thing、oh, with right、weren't? now. It didn't have any the the previous song.、Oh, yeah. I mean,、okay. I, no one expected、okay. to blow up. I mean, this is why you had yeah comedians from like daytime television variety shows. Um, also on the music video itself. Oh,、like、I see. It, I see it was meant、saying. more、okay. to be like an inside joke among、uh, you know the people who are already embedded in, in the、cult. industry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Oh, interesting. So there's no teaser. It was just, it, did it just come out? Like, there wasn't like a comeback, like, oh, this is what's happening. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I did not know mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yeah. Educating me once again. You guys are amazing. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Just doing our job. Well, yeah. I'm sure there are lots of things that listeners who give us one star ratings who are like, oh my God, they have the wrong opinion on this. Or they got this fact wrong. Um, so don't don't hesitate to let us know, but maybe you can let us know outside of a one star rating. So that wraps it up <laughs> for this episode of Hit Rewind for the year 2012. You heard from us, but now it's time for you to decide which K-pop song from 2012 wins the debate for most memorable, iconic, game-changing song. You can catch the K-pop cast poll on our Twitter account to cast your ballot, to cast your vote. Find us at the K-pop cast. You've got seven days, y'all. Hear that? Got seven yes, yeah, days. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, wow. We'll have to make that joke eight more times uh, for the remainder <laughs> of this series. Uh, right now, I'm just reading the script. Yeah, okay, sorry, I dropped that again. Right now, it looks like um, Suju elves are are winning for our 2011 episode. That poll is still up at the time of this recording. Winning? They are demolishing all other Latin hopes America and dreams. Is just <laughs> destroying. It's it's really like everyone outside of North America who's kind of surprised to see like, oh, actually, yeah, there is a big following outside of uh, Girls' right. Generation and 21. <laughs> joining us, Emily. Is there anything else that you'd like to promote or share with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, as you guys mentioned in the beginning, I do have two other podcasts. One is just me interviewing different people called Believe in K-Pop. It's B-L-E-A-V. And then there's also In My Feels, which is with uh, Dre or J-R-E, the YouTuber. And we interview different people within the industry, idols or, I don't know, influencers themselves. And we also have some ASMR coming up. So look forward to that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was, yes, there, there was one Whoa. episode of In My Feels where I forgot which band it was, but they were like interspersed throughout the all at the entire episode. They were just like, oh yeah. I think it was was it one team? It could have been one team. JYP. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that's right. That's right. Yeah. There you yeah. go. So, yeah. I, I love the interviews that you yeah. guys get on that show. Amr, Amr and I watch JRE <laughs> reactions. Yeah, right do you? Then. Oh, you know who that is. Good. Yeah. Hilarious. Awesome. I have to Yay. check out the Thanks podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and, and um, yeah. on that note, Amir, or Amir, is there anything that you want to plug, <laughs> share in K-pop? Like, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at the K-pop cast Slack. I am Gee Dragon. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's spelled G-H-E-E, like the butter, like clarified butter dragon. <laughs> that, that, that's a good plug for our Slack, y'all. So we'll, we'll provide a link in this episode description where you can just click on that and you can join our Slack where you can chat with us other listeners to the k-pop cast to talk about episodes songs that you're listening to 
that's a really good place to let us know where we got something wrong rather than in a negative review like we we, we love to hear constructive feedback but this is a way you can reach us most directly and we are happy to hear it yep and you can find me at s parker 2 on twitter Stan Fantastic Baby. Y'all better vote for Big Bang. <laughs> yeah, VIPs for yet. yeah, you can follow me at E-M-I-H-A-Y-D-E-L. So it's Emmy Heidel on Twitter or Instagram. And you can Ooh. find very fun side mashups at DJ Peterlo and a bunch of other K-pop stuff and other K-pop DJ adventures. I'd also like to give a shout out for Peeving Him, Michaela, who's keeping the lights on, doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, wasn't on this episode. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's Michaela. Yeah. (laughs) So don't forget to follow her at Michaela JK Pop. All right. All right. Thanks for... Nice job, everybody. That was so fun. Yeah, Thank yeah, we, you. We did it. We did it. Um, Yay. That was fun. How, how's everyone holding up in Corona season? Lockdown mode. Uh, not getting as much exercise as I hope. I've been eating a lot more. Yeah. I've but, been watching a lot um, of dramas and stuff like that, so I have not mm, been getting anything mm, done. <laughs> you <yeah>. know? <laughs> Amra and I are watching the classic My Name is Kim Samsoon. Oh. I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. What is it about? Oh, you should. Classic. Oh. Amr, what's it about? <laughs> it is about a really feisty um, working class girl who is being chased by this total D-bag, <laughs> rich table prince. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but her, her and her family are awesome, and that, I love that part of the show. I feel like so many K dramas are about like this young, spunky, up on her, like down on her luck girl who manages to convince like this well-to-do rich guy and like changes to perspective, mm-hmm. and then they reluctantly fall in love with each other. Is that like the formula yep. for every? Yeah. K-drama? Okay. Okay. I, I guess I don't right. have to watch K dramas anymore. Yep, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, you do. Keeps us. No, you still have to watch. <laughs> no, like Amr predicted what would happen in the show, it like from the first episode. But yeah. we're still gonna watch yeah. it. Like it's. I'm watching Boys <laughs> Over Flowers anything. right now for the first time, and that's exactly mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, classic. Yes. <laughs> Same plot. Exactly. Except there's like exactly. four dudes. <sighs> 